This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Welcome to Radio Church This Morning. I'm Anne Thompson, a Presbyterian minister here in Dunedin. With me is Moira Thompson. Together we will bring this morning's service to you, wherever you are listening to this. Wherever you are, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. It's becoming obvious that there are only five weeks to go till Christmas, and I have a great sense of achievement this week because I've made a Christmas cake And in six weeks' time, we will be in the new year, 2023. But I hope I won't shock you too much if I tell you that today is the end of the year, according to the church calendar. Today is the last Sunday of the church's year, and we celebrate the reign of Christ, Christ the King. Next Sunday, Advent begins, the four weeks before Christmas, when we prepare again for the coming of Christ, the Word made flesh as a helpless babe lying in a manger. But today, at the end of the church's year, we remember that the baby lying in the manger is also King of kings and Lord of lords, and so we come to worship. Come and worship Christ, the visible image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation, the one through whom all things were created and in whom all things are held together. In Christ, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Let's worship God together. Our first hymn this morning calls on us to praise God, joining with the angels in heaven and all creation. Praise my soul, the King of heaven.
Let us come to God in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, from the beginning of time to the end of eternity, you have chosen to use your power and majesty to love us, to redeem us, to shape us as your people. King of kings and Lord of lords, you became weak so that you could confront the strength of sin and death, confounding their ridicule with your resurrection. Spirit of God, resting upon us, may your power inflame us with your peace. May your peace touch us with your grace. May your grace fill us with your hope. May your hope lead us into your kingdom. While there are many with power in our world, power to hurt us, power to hire or fire us, power to control us, only God has the power to forgive us and make us new people. Let us confess how we fear the power of the world and welcome the power of God's grace. The choices we make, mighty God, reveal who we are. Choosing the lies of the world, your word has not been on our lips. Choosing independent and isolated lives, we do not reflect your spirit in our actions towards others. Choosing to exalt the powerful of our day, we fail to follow the one whose weakness gives us life. Forgive us, God who became weak for our sake. Do not turn your face from us, but help us to face ourselves honestly. Free us from our captivity so that we may faithfully follow Jesus Christ, our King, our Lord, our Saviour. Shout for joy, children of God. The God who was and is and is to come loves us, forgives us, renews us. God's Spirit rests upon us. Grace and peace are the gifts of our loving God. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to read together Psalm 93, a psalm that exalts God's majesty. The Lord reigns, robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Indeed, the world is established firm and secure. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The seas have lifted up, Lord, the seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. Mightier than the thunder of the great waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days. Amen. Amen. Now we'll listen to a hymn that picks up some of the imagery of Psalm 93. O worship the King, all glorious above.
We are a very long way from Easter, and next week our attention turns to Christmas and the stories of the birth of Jesus. But today's Gospel reading from Luke chapter 23 is part of the story of the crucifixion. Why? Because for all the Gospel writers, the crucifixion is also the enthronement, the glorification of Jesus Christ, and the key to understanding who God is, who Jesus is, and what power is. Listen now to Luke chapter 23, verses 33 to 43. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by, watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. In a few weeks, we'll be hearing the story again of the Magi coming to Jerusalem and asking, Where is he who is born King of the Jews? That question alerted Herod to the presence of a rival in his midst. To eliminate that rival, he ordered his soldiers to kill the young children in Bethlehem. Now as we stand at the foot of the cross, we read the inscription above Jesus' head, the King of the Jews. We hear the mocking of the crowd, if you are the King of the Jews, save yourself. How could this dying man, stripped, beaten, humiliated, utterly helpless, utterly vulnerable, how could he possibly be a king, any king? Of course, anyone claiming to be a king represented a challenge to Rome's authority. The Roman Empire responded to such challenges just as ruthlessly as Herod had after Jesus' birth. Therefore, Jesus was now crucified. Three times those around him shouted at him, Save yourself and save us. What they could not see, and can we see it, was that saving was exactly what Jesus was doing as he hung and suffered there, as he died there. 
He took on himself the weight of human sin and violence and hatred. He took on himself the ancient curse of death. And he accepted it all and absorbed it all and defeated it all. How? Through the power of his love that would never give up and never give in to the power of control and domination and coercion, the power of violence. Here on the cross we can see God at work, reconciling all things, bringing redemption and the forgiveness of sins, making peace through the blood of his cross. Pax Romana, the Roman peace, was brought through, about through military victory and Roman imperial control. It was peace insofar as a vicious civil war had been brought to an end, but it was a peace that came by silencing all opposition, by dominating all parts of life through fear and control. Jesus was crucified to ensure the maintenance of Pax Romana, the removal of any potential opposition to the imperial power of Rome. Where Caesar is Lord, there could be no alternative. But in his life and his teaching, Jesus offered an alternative, the kingdom of God. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like the love freely given when a son foolishly asks for his inheritance, squanders it in a foreign land, and then returns expecting nothing, only to find his father running to welcome him with arms wide open, loving and forgiving and restoring. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a shepherd who cares so deeply for each of his sheep that when one is lost, the shepherd goes searching and will not give up until the sheep is found. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like the party a rich man gives and when his other rich friends are too busy to attend, he invites the poor, the lame and the blind to be part of the feast. The kingdom of God that Jesus describes is about forgiveness and grace, reconciliation and redemption. Forgiveness lies at the heart of the kingdom of God. God's good pleasure is to reconcile all things in heaven and on earth, making peace not through violence and military might, but through sacrificial self-giving that can look like defeat rather than victory. Jesus is proclaimed king, but the proclamation is a placard of judicial sentence and the throne is a cross, the crown made of thorns, the royal cup-bearer is a mocking Roman soldier offering sour wine, and the only attendants are scoffing enemies and criminals. When we can see Jesus' death through a kingdom lens, the kingdom of forgiveness and peace, we can see in the crucified Christ, one who is King of kings and Lord of lords, there we see God at work, reconciling all things, whether in heaven or on earth, to God. And there we see the extent of God's love, God's grace, and God's mercy. Amen.
We'll hear another hymn now, The Servant King.
On this Christ the King Sunday, we remember that Christ's kingship does not shy away from the agony of the cross, the vulnerability of the incarnation, the risk and betrayal of human relationships in times of danger and threat. In our prayers for others now, we are committing those we pray for into the hands of one who knows the frailties and troubles of human life. And so we pray with compassion for those who hurt and fear and cry today because they have been let down by systems or circumstances or the ones they love. We remember those whose lives are most affected by climate change, who face hunger, thirst, fire or flood in the heart of their homes. Grant wisdom and conviction to those who hold the power to make a difference on global, national and individual levels. We pray with love for those who are lonely or in pain and for those who care for family and friends in times of need. We acknowledge the stress of being a carer and the sometimes conflicting feelings of those who are cared for. Bring comfort and encouragement, dear Lord, to situations of conflict and rest for those who bear the heaviest burdens. We pray with faith for those we love the most and for those who have no one to name them before you. May your presence surround and bless them today and always. May they know they are loved and known and seen by you. For those who grieve the loss of one they loved, we pray especially that you will encourage them with strong memories and a confidence in your loving purpose, which holds all souls in life. We give you thanks for the witness of those who knew and followed you as their Lord and King and showed us what it meant to be a Christian. May they know of our grateful love for them now and always. So now with all your people in all times and in all places, we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today this daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. For our final hymn this morning, we'll hear Crown Him with Many Crowns. This hymn reminds us that when we see Jesus' kingly power most truly displayed in his weakness and powerlessness on the cross, because the power of love overcomes all sin, all evil, and in the end, even death itself.
Now this time of worship comes to an end, but we face the week in front of us knowing that the power of God to create and to renew, to love and to nurture, to support and to comfort goes with us. That the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is Prince of Peace and the King of High Heaven, is poured out for us, and that the Holy Spirit accompanies us, filling us with the power of the glory which is love. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.